Hey everyone, welcome to episode 244 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. We are all back this week and uh, unreal. I think this is the first time we've recorded before four o'clock and oh man, I don't even know if there's a, what time that might be. But today is February the 2nd, 2021. That's the day we're recording. February 3rd, probably as you're likely listening or maybe a few days after that. But today is of course Groundhog Day. And according to Punxsutawney Phil... We have six more weeks of winter to look forward to, and as a two-decades-long Floridian now, I say thank you. We'll always take as much winter for as long as we can <laughs> before summer comes around one more time. So, But I was thinking about it, and the tradition and the folklore surrounding a badger or groundhog meteorologist predicting the future – Eh, whimsical, possibly entertaining. It also feels a little like today's topic of reconciliation. Seems pretty simple and understandable on the outside, but it also doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to us for ourselves, let alone for others sometimes. Add to that, the world seemingly looks at Christians a bit as we would Punxsutawney Phil. A novelty, a gag, a fun distraction from the harsh realities of this life, and a movement whose answers couldn't possibly be helped by what many see as nothing more than folklore in itself, and maybe just a book of old stories and a religion based on top of that. So today, we're going to count on Andy and Jeff to answer all these questions and more, so stay <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> Yeah, I got to go. Jeff will take care of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well, Andy, you used the irreconcilable differences of divorce to illustrate the differences between us and God and his reconciliation. And I'll admit, you caught me off guard. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one that listened to the messages past week who's been divorced. And I'm going to admit that at times, you know, my status as a Oh, at one time, a divorce, a one-time divorcee still catches me off guard. And then sometimes it's still a really uncomfortable feeling. But your, Interesting. But your realization that everything that God is, we naturally aren't. You said yeah. if, this, if this were a marriage, there are huge grounds for a divorce on the basis of irreconcilable difference. And I, I'm not sure yeah. how that analogy lands with someone who hasn't experienced the the pain and loss of a divorce, maybe even the best divorce. I mean, as good as you could say a best divorce could be, but it really hit home with me exactly how wide the gap of reconciliation, reconciliation easy for me to say, how, how really wide that gap is between God and just me. And it's like you said, it's absolutely everything. And that, that really, when you talk about not – thinking more of ourselves than we ought. If that doesn't do it, I don't know what does. Oh, yeah, my, oh my, point. my goodness. That, well, that was really, crazy. I mean, it, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things that I think is fun to do in prayer is to, is to you know, praise God for who he is and think about his various traits. And, uh, you know, when you do that, there's always something to pray about us <laughs> because the contrast is always noticeable. You know, if, yeah. if you're praising him for, you know, his his understanding of everything. And then you think about all the stuff you don't understand. I mean, it's just it's just everything. Well, and it's hard because I think expectations in this is part of what really gets me, because in, in even in that just even in that analogy where you look at, you know, what your expectation was for those of us who've been divorced and in that marriage and what you thought it was going to be and 
you know, there's no perfect marriage. We all know that there's no perfect people. So there couldn't be a perfect marriage, but at least the ideal of what you thought about and what you think about as you tried to maybe reconcile with just that one person who, like you said, you, you, you know them better than anyone. You've relied on them. They've relied on you. And somehow through a list of things that you put out there, all good ones, by the way, of how a relationship can go apart. And but how I mean, when you just think of that one, it's like one person that, you know, really well and you maybe have the best chance of reconciling with in some ways. Mm-hmm. How do we expect that we're going to help somebody else that we don't know as well? And, you know, and, and when we realize if we truly have our, our grasp on this, we realize that we have no moral high ground like God does to reconcile right. us to him. So. I mean, aren't we always going to be disappointing to ourselves, disappointing to God, disappointing to those that we're trying to at least mimic a reconci- uh, uh, an idea or an aura of reconciliation that that's what we're about? Isn't it, isn't it always going to come up short? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. From, from, from our side, yes. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that makes it super there's... fun to try to do then, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, if if we're going to try, if we're going to try to bring ourselves into reconciliation with God um, and in many ways with other people, even, um, you know, it, it may it may well be that the, the best part of that journey and the most hopeful part of that journey is is the recon is the recognition of our inability uh, to, to get those accounts to square mm-hmm. up, to, to restore friendly relationships, to be able to get the, the the two to be compatible. Yeah, I think you know we look at this when we compare it to divorce, and you look at the, the irreconcilable differences. Uh, most of the time, those are somewhat manufactured. I mean, oh, somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, we use that term irreconcilable, but but for the most part. Everybody knows that this is all about most. Well, I'm not going to, you know, say this with every marriage, but a lot of times it has to do with selfishness, and it has to do with, you know, with uh, people who just don't want to budge, you know, and uh, and that that's not the way it is with God. That's why the that's where the you know that's why this illustration breaks down, because God, you know, he God, God doesn't say we're irreconcilable. Right. He, he, the differences he brings, are the differences yeah. are irreconcilable from the human side. From the but, human uh, side, yeah. we can't do it. Yeah, we can't exactly. do it. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the the other th- thing that really trips us up, and Andy, you mentioned this, is that our, like the temptation of you know we, of finding our holding ourselves above others. You know, even we try to our best to kind of revel in this realization that God did it all for us. We're only reconciled because of him. And, you know, how do we deal with the reality that many Christians will see maybe some confidence or they'll maybe see that we're happy and that it really is a, you know, that we're, we believe this. And but then immediately they're going, oh, well, here comes that high and mighty ready to tell me how I should be living my life. And, you know, they have it all together. And and I've 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 heard that before. And I've been told that by others in my life. Yeah, you probably done it. 
kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I've been told by others in my life that knew me long before my walk with God became at least healthier and more purposeful mm-hmm. from my perspective. I'm not going to say it's re- arrived or anything like that because that would be a lie. But, you know, they, they say, well, you've become less approachable because they think or they're expecting that I'm going to act in a way that has happened to them and and predictably so. So I understand mm-hmm. it, but how do we overcome this well-earned reputation of who they think we're going to be when really all we're trying to do is maybe reconcile with things we see that we've done in our past with this person and just say, listen, I want to, I want to make things right. And it really is from a place of humbleness that I see what God's done for me and I want to pass the same to you. How do how can we approach that in a way that helps them see that we really do have sincere intentions? Oh, I think owning owning the undeserved nature of us being recipients is a good place to start. Hmm. Um, you know, if I'm telling you, you know, this is this is a great thing for you, and you know, it can change your life, and you recognize that God has reconciled you. Um, that and the risk, those risks of coming off as a little haughty or as a little, you know. Um, part of that comes because we begin to believe that something about who we are or even the way we said yes to God or something is gives us that we, that we had a hand in it, that we somehow yeah. deserve it um, in some way. It's, it's not just, it's not just a free gift. It's a little bit of a deserved gift. And if we can, if we can keep in contact, I think with the reality that the reconciling work of Christ on our behalf is something that was done way before we, we arrived in the world, totally apart from us, um, and we had no hand in it whatsoever, and based upon who we are, don't deserve it. Um, you know, it's only we only deserve it because God decides that we wants to give it to us. Sure. Um, I mean, you guys we, must... We, we just, I think that's... Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I, Jeff. I, I think that's something really... That's a really good place to start. It really because I think the deserve part it gets in the way so quickly that we have a hard time understanding how we or anybody else could this relationship could be reconciled. So the deserve part uh, in anything you know I deserve something from you or um, uh, you deserve me. You know yeah. it's uh, or you deserve what happened. You deserve, you deserve yeah. what I gave you, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you think and about the irreconcilable differences, Jeff, that when we hear them in counseling, um, <laughs> you know, oftentimes there's yeah. just one party that, you know, feels like they haven't gotten their just desserts, uh, so to speak. Right, right. right. With, assuming they deserve something. <laughs> <laughs> well, so do we look at this the same way as forgiveness then? Because I think a lot of times we look at forgiveness and we are expecting someone to accept our apology. We're expecting someone to then follow that up with forgiveness. And then we expect a lot of times that things will go back to being the way they were prior to whatever offense caused the rift in the first place. And so with reconciliation, it just feels like this is all part of this, like, we, we're we're so immediate in our need for, I need to feel better about this, and I'm not sure that that's something that can be uh, expected here. 
Right. The second meaning from the dictionary of reconciliation, to make one account consistent with another, mm, yeah. especially by allowing for transactions begun but not yet complete. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, and so so in the accounting world, you have to you know that you start you started this thing and you have to account for what's coming in the future, but it's not here yet. And so I think that's a, a part of it uh, when you say when you say is this like forgiveness. Yeah, coming back into oneness to make to make a one consistent with the another to come back into reconciliation, and at the same time you're making allowance for transactions that have been begun but are not yet complete. Maybe the trust is not rebuilt. Maybe you know maybe there's reparations that need to be made. Maybe there are reparations that never could be made. Um, so, so having to having to sort of say I'm going to come into oneness. And I'm willing to recognize that some things are going to hang out there not complete in this relationship. Can there be reconciliation without forgiveness then? No, I, I think I think the forgiveness is there, but forgiveness but forgiveness is simply saying I'm not going to hold this against I'm not going to use this against you in the future. It it's it, that it doesn't disappear. It doesn't evaporate. Yeah. But and but, I think you know, the trust part is is the key piece on that too, yeah. because you can mm-hmm. still forgive somebody, but doesn't mean the trust is re- you know completely there. So yeah, yeah, and 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 for and forgiving a person, forgiving a person for some even some slight hurt in, in a social setting may not mean that you want to be with them in future social settings. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not in the social settings you were going to be in. You're not going to bring that story up to do them harm in the future, or you haven't forgiven them. Yeah, that's true. Because forgiveness is, is is saying I'm not going. I'm 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 letting this go. I'm not going to use this against you in the future. I like that. The part where it gets also, I think it gets more confusing. Maybe is <laughs> let, let let's just say that we're going to buy into what we've laid down so far. And then someone says, well, maybe an outsider, what, what is reconciliation the way you're describing or, or what you're calling reconciliation? Because I think in Christian jargon speak, we hear associated with this, we hear the terms, a new creation, if anyone is in Christ. Mm-hmm. And I had someone ask me not that long ago to explain that because, again, it's not something that they were completely – new to they'd heard it before but they just had it never resonated it never clicked it never set inside of them in a way that made any sense and so because like to me they're saying for the most part they see the same old person that they've known i mean they still see randy as the randy they knew 25 30 years ago right and there may be noticeable changes on the outside and maybe even on the inside that they seem but the same old is still there in some form or another and it's still that familiarness or familiarity that they that they know and you know, then they're told through the Bible that the old is gone when someone is new and a new creation, but it doesn't seem so. And okay. I mean, so how, how do we explain this that makes sense yeah. and doesn't feed this narrative of the, you know, self-righteous Christianity? There may be better illustrations, um, but the old, uh, the, 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 it's talking about when the person is in Christ, they're a new creation. But who sees the new creation? And I would maintain that only God sees the new creation. Hmm. That that what is the old is gone, the new has come, is is the condition of the believer in Christ. So that when God looks at me, or God looks at you, or at Jeff, 
God doesn't see all the mess of who we are. He sees the perfection of his son, Jesus Christ. Christ has reconciled us to him fully and completely, and we are hidden, hidden in Christ. He becomes our cover, so to speak. And so when God sees me, he sees me absolutely perfect because he sees Jesus. Now, when you see me, <laughs> well, that's perfect. Then we can say, well, it doesn't. Or when have... I see me, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, you. I'm sorry, you can't see me like God sees me. <laughs> if only you could see with your God-colored glasses on, you, you, you would know how much better I am now. Because we don't, we don't, we we aren't, um, we aren't finished. We aren't complete. Uh, that that reconciling work of God is God's choice to see us covered with the life, death, resurrection, and ascension, and glorification of his son, Jesus, not us. And so he's brought us brought us into oneness with himself, and he's also allowing for the reality that we're not done. I like so that. So we're, we're perfect in God's eyes, and at the same time, we're being perfected. God ain't through with me yet. So oh, no. So, maybe, so, so no. maybe you shouldn't be either. I, right? Never told me it wasn't done with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this just seems like all around a very, uh, just a subject that so much of the society that we live in just isn't familiar with. I mean, crime and punishment is something that we live in in our society. We discipline and punish our kids when they disobey. We draw definitive lines of right and wrong in every day in all aspects of our lives. So relating to reconciliation is nothing that we do, but merely what we believe. And you can't see me, only God sees that part of me. This just seems like an incredible magic elixir we are peddling in some way. And because if it's too good to be true, it usually is. And then yeah. and then on top of that, if we're able to work through all of that, we're supposed to somehow then begin the task of reconciling people to him and showing him, I know you can't see it, only he can see it. You know, and then well, don't, don't you want part of this? But I think we've made the Christian uh, witnessing and the evangelism into a, a – a task of thinking we have to get people to do something and change something instead of recognizing the new reality. So if the doors of the prison have been blown off and the fence outside the doors is gone and the prisoners are uh, cells are all unlocked, but they're still sitting in their prison cells. When we say to them, be free, we're not changing anything at all. We're just saying to them, you, you really ought to, you sort of ought to recognize the reality of what has happened. You don't have to bust out of jail. You don't, you don't have to <laughs> dig a new tunnel. You don't have to, you know, you have to have a helicopter come rescue you. You can just walk out the door because everything's unlocked. The prison is over. And, and, and as opposed to when you say the right prayer and, you know, come down the sawdust aisle and, and, and say the right words and confess the right sins. Then, at that moment, you can be right with God. God set us right with himself. He reconciled everything in heaven and on earth, it says in Colossians, in the life, death, and blood and the cross of Jesus. And it's a done thing. And 
And so we, but we, but we want to, we want to, especially in America, I think we want to make it a do thing. Well, that's true. But let's just say, let's say we, we've lowered that down. And what you're telling me is basically we just have to be the messenger and that messenger doesn't have to be a huge thing. It can even just be people noticing a change in us, even though they don't see that full new creation, they do see probably a, a slightly some, some work, some work, oh, right. Yeah. A little less green on the bronze statue, maybe in different places that might be being, <laughs> you know, polished up and coming to into a little better focus. But even at that, sometimes I just rarely personally speaking, personally, I rarely feel like I'm even up to that task sometimes. Yeah. And it just seems okay, like if it's, you were, if you were the holdout, um, Japanese imperial soldier. Yeah, that was a great story. With, with your little, with your little fenced-in area in the jungles of Moritai Island, still worried about getting captured. Twenty-nine years after the surrender papers were signed, Eesh. I would, I would think if somebody came along and convinced to convince you that the war was really over, it would be pretty good news. More than likely. More than likely, I mean, just see, you, you would think, yeah. He, he, he may, he may have liked being a holdout so much that he may not want to hear the news. <laughs> <laughs> I, I almost feel like that's part of our part of the issue is that we we almost don't want to hear the news. We almost would rather stay in stay with what we know. Well, we don't believe and, we're, uh, we're we don't believe we have irreconcilable differences. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think most of the, most I think most people just go along through life and they don't ever think about the, the contrast. That everything that God is, we're not. Hmm. You know, right. and, until you sort of get that reality, it's like, what, what, what do I need reconciliation to from? I'm, I'm happy. You know, life's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I think even in our day to day relationships, being a little bit more aware of that and then, you know, kind of applying that understanding to how we are dealing with other people and, like you said, just, giving them some good news. Oh, it just, if there was one thing we could do or so, someone just came up to you and said, I hear what you're saying. I like all of it. I really do. I, there's God's not done with me yet. I know that I'm loving the person that he's helping me become and all these things, but I still feel like I, I don't know where to start with others. I'm, I'm getting the part where, I understand. Mm. The, I understand this okay. process with God, but what do I do to be or to interact or to give that good news to others? I, I mean, what two, what two do I things. do? What do I do? I can I help you here. All right. I, so, <laughs> see, I, guys, I told you at the beginning of the episode they were going to answer all the questions and more, and so here we are. <laughs> uh, it's really one answer, but it, it sort of comes into. I think we have to. I talked about it in the live service on on Saturday at noon, and at the end, I came back up afterwards, and I, I said I, just, I was driving home from an early Saturday morning meeting at the church before I preached the live service. Uh, I had to go home and get ready to come back, and as I'm driving home, I pass uh, some some shops where people are outside, and there's people walking the streets, and 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 I just started smiling. As I looked at those people and thought, they are reconciled to God. Hmm. Okay, so I think part of it is see is is beginning to see people for what what God has done for them. We 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 see them in this in this new light, and in order to in order to have the right to share that knowledge with them, we have to love them, which means serve them. And so I th I think it's really 
you know, our, our mission is loving people in lifelong friendship with God. Our vision to, to be a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community, people in our sphere of influence. And, and I just believe, uh, maybe I'm naive, but I believe if that we were consistently just serving people, that we will we will gain the rights and the privileges and the opportunities to say, hey, guess what? You you may not be aware of this, but but the prison's open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, yeah. I I like that uh, to manifest this message in just service. And yep. you know nothing shows love quite like service does. No, it's the one thing. It's the one thing Jesus told us to do. It's the one thing we try to get out of doing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder. No wonder we can't reconcile anything. Damn, it. Oh man. Well, I, I like that because that gives an easy way to look at somebody and finding a place where you can serve, however small that might be, and that's and that's kind of your starting point in. Letting the, a quick prayer to the Holy Spirit to allow yourself to be used in that way is probably something that most of us can do pretty easily, even if we're maybe not so extroverted or, you know, we feel like we don't have the gift of whatever that might be that would seemingly hold us back how we view ourselves or our lack of talent in a certain way to interact with others. But that's a pretty well, universal language. And quit, and quit worrying about blowing it. It's, yeah. it's hard to blow serving people. If you <laughs> if you if you take care of serving them, you won't it won't get blown. Right, because even if it's a complete disaster, they're still going to remember that you took the effort to do it. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> right. Yeah, I like that. But there's still a whole other issue on this other side that we have a really hard time trying to figure out where we fit after we believe we're out of. Mm. The gate we're out of, mm-hmm. you know, because because the Christian world isn't so forgiving. I mean, you have to realize there's a whole <laughs> no, other side to this. <laughs> oh yeah, and so it is a little bit of a question, you know. Well, also, Jeff, you know, uh, uh, there's also the aspect of when a person's been in prison for a long time. You know, I, I was yeah. watching a story yeah. about a guy yeah. who got out, and he he would take baby steps because his legs had been shackled together for so many years. You know, yeah, yeah, and so he couldn't it's take big so strides because it just wasn't it wasn't who he was, and he, you know he's as having to learn to walk again, and and so right. and I think about the guy at the pool that Jesus comes by and says, "Hey, you know, would you like to walk?" Well, well yeah, I mean, I, I can't get the water fast enough when the angel stirs or whatever. I I never can get healed, but right. do you want to walk? Do you really want to walk? Because That's you know, we get, people get comfortable in their affirmate infirmities. You know, we can they can become their security blanket and and it can happen for us with who we are as well like okay if yeah. i really realize that i'm totally fully completely in with no no lack whatsoever totally reconciled to the god of the universe what are the implications of that for me maybe i'll just like walk along not quite fully reconciled it sounds a little easier <laughs> yeah right well and, it's and that's what we do most of the time it's yeah. true because yeah. people don't know even people that have been incarcerated for long periods of time they get out and they're more afraid being free than they were at you know the last probably half of their stint in prison because everything was regimented people told you what to do people told you what the rules were you knew when you had to get up when you had to go to sleep i mean all these different right. things and now there's a world of choices 
And then on the other side, Jeff, I think you said the Christian world isn't so forgiving. And it's like, yeah, now that you're on our side, you know, I think that's where we have to be totally, <laughs> you know, we have to be totally sold on this process that you're describing, exactly. Andy, because if not, oh, welcome to our side. You think it sucked on your side. Now yeah. the bar is so much higher even on things there's no way we could possibly attain. Yeah. But wait till you've met our new set of rules. And, and if you yeah, thought you right. hated life before, boy, you're really going to hate it now. If you thought you were tired before, you're going to be really exhausted now. <laughs> yeah, thank, and oh, by yeah. the way, thanks for the invitation. Super appreciate that. Yeah. Instead of us as Christians living in the full and glorious freedom that it's done. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a done thing. It's not about our and achievement. Going, it's not. Yeah. yeah, and going after the person who's done. I mean, going after. I mean, that's the whole part. Is what is when we when we get out, we think, oh, I, I you know, this was all about me. I can, and, and we think that somehow it was because of us, and we forget mm. who you actually are let out for. I mean, we're yeah. let out for our worship to God. So, yeah, yeah I think anyway. if it doesn't start that way, I, I think our efforts to help people see that freedom is a not it's going to be minimized and then b how many times have we seen people brought into the church and realize all this freedom and all of this realization of eternity and all and salvation and all these things only to then be so put off by the rules and everything else on this side that you're like wow this why did i go through all this what was su- once such good news is now just a burden. And so that's why they got to go back and read Colossians over and over right. and recognize that Christ has set you free. Right. You're be free. And so Galatians and yeah. But, yeah. but I like yeah. this because if we, if we come at it from this way and we live, continue to live that way, it should be a continual upward motion for everyone. And it would, there wouldn't be that backlash on the other side. All right. This week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, how does it change your witnessing when you believe that everyone has been reconciled? And I thought about this one and I thought it could also have been written as how does it change the way you live when you believe that everyone has been reconciled? Because everything we do in every part of us is our unique witness and our unique little sliver of in God's image, create, being that creation. And that it really should change every part of us when we believe it and when we live it, this reality that the price that was paid for us was paid for everyone. And that doesn't leave anyone on the outside requiring more from one or another. We're just in this together. And mm. sometimes a new perspective or lens to focus through is all we need to understand and really adopt God's plans for us in his, you know, in our hearts in a way that can't be undone or it just simply becomes who we are. And so I really hope that through the discussion we've had both in Andy's message and today here on the podcast that this reality is really true to you now if it wasn't before that this is just a part of the process. Once it's done, it's done. And if we're if we see everyone else the same, we can pass that along and we can pass it along for a long time. And it just it, it snowballs and becomes something that everyone wants a piece of. So what about you? How's this idea change your witnessing, your living, or maybe you're still struggling with this a little bit as a complete concept? Let us know by voicemail or text 407-965-1607 or send it as always in an email to podcast at wholelife.church. Our final thoughts are from Andy's message. He said, we may think people should be punished. We may think we should come down hard on those sinners. But God has called us to stewardship of the gospel of reconciliation. And I love that last sentence. God has called us to stewardship of the gospel of reconciliation. And, you know, early on, I think we I, maybe I made it a little more difficult than it needed to be. 
But I think that's life. We often ask questions like, what's the, what's the meaning of life? Or sure. what is my calling? And maybe if you haven't settled on a sense of what that is in your life or you don't have any idea, maybe maybe this is what God is calling you to. Just a life showing others the reconciliation of God for the world and for everyone through you, the way you live your life and the way you interact with others and the way that you let them know the freedom that God has given you. Maybe that's that's a pretty big calling if you stop to think about it in that respect. So anyway, next week we are moving on. This is the end of yeah. our of, of this series and run to Jesus yeah. doesn't make it easy. Oh, come on. Jesus doesn't make life easy. Oh. <laughs> acceptable murder. Acceptable oh. murder oh. will be this week. Oh, acceptable murder. Well, uh, I uh, will not see. I'm not very good. I kind of know the commandments, and I know number four is the Sabbath, but I forget which is the murder. Six, is six. it six is murder? Six. And yeah. so, is this like uh, is this, is, is this six point one or six a addendum a b <laughs> or what? Well, I don't know if it's really acceptable murder. It's what we sometimes decide is acceptable. Oh, oh okay. I'm just like I I didn't catch the addendum to that one, and I thought, well, maybe you know. But hey, I you know I might be the last to know. Well, that ought to be interesting. <laughs> Jesus doesn't make it easy. Acceptable murder. Well, I'm quite, I'm quite sure that you're not going to want to miss next week's episode. So <laughs> that's going to do it for this week. As always, Tuesday evening, you can catch the message if you've missed it in podcast format on our sister podcast, Speaking of Grace. It has all of our takeaways, including the one we talked about today. And then every Wednesday morning, you'll be ready for another episode of The Three of Us. That'll be episode 245 next week. So thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week.